When the seagulls follow the trawler, it's because they think sardines will be thrown into the sea. Thank you. I'm now away to get me suit, my shot. Yes! What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? Good well asked him which way he thinks it should be done. Hey, And welcome to Sacked in the Morning. My name is Richard. I am your host. I am joined once again by my two co-hosts. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Oh, <laughs> talking over each other there. Tom. Hello. Feeling. Hello. Uh, right. So last week we um, had a bit of a season roundup for the season just gone. This week we're going to be moving into a bit more of an international uh, flavour. We're going to be looking at... Quite a unique situation in football, really. So we're going to be having a World Cup, which is usually a summer tournament, uh, going to be happening in uh, the winter of this year. So we thought what might be a good idea is to give a little bit of a bit of a premonition for what we think might happen in the upcoming World Cup with the results and everything like that. Um, and then revisit it in the winter and see how well we did. Because this is quite a unique situation where we can look ahead there's not much else going on at the moment, so we can actually talk about this kind of thing. And then we can revisit it later on in the year and see how well we were. Might be worth a go, right? Um, so with that being said, we shall start moving forward and we'll get into it. And we will start with the first games, which will be, quite strangely enough, not the host. I thought it was quite an odd odd game that, uh, to come first the, the not being the host nation isn't that usually a thing that they really want to do these days I think this would be the first World Cup where the host nation hasn't kicked off the, well, in fact not even the World Cup but like a Euros or Copa America where the host nation hasn't uh, kicked off the tournament normally the big kind of curtain raiser I would say the reason for that is because the first game kicks off at 10am yeah you're right but in Qatar that's like in early afternoon, isn't it? So, and one of Japan or South Korea kicked off their tournament, and they're like 
they were kicking off the, like the wee hours in the morning over here. So over here, yeah, but it's not the same over there, is it? Which is the one thing that you need to take into consideration with something like that. What I think it is is I think it's a situation where in that part of the world specifically, because it is hot as balls during the day, um, most people don't do anything during the day. And I am speaking from experience uh, because I've lived in Saudi Arabia, so I'm very well aware of this situation. So nobody does anything until after like six, seven o'clock in the evening. Um, and that's when, I mean, in the summer, it's not unusual to see families out and about on the beach at like one in the morning um, because they do everything at night and they tend to do everything after their last prayer of the day as well. So that's why I think they're probably putting it on later on during the day so that the, the crowd can actually get accustomed and acclimatized to that kind of situation, you know? You also think it's because they want like um, to draw for the TV audience. They want more of a well-known footballing nation to to raise the tournament. I'm not get sure. Get the eyeballs in for that. I don't know because I think that you get a good atmosphere when the home nation plays as well. Because the the crowd is insane, aren't they? You know, they they they're usually a lot louder, a lot more vibrant and a lot more interested in what's going on. But I still think it takes away a little bit when the hosts aren't, aren't starting the tournament. Um, now we've yeah, done I'd agree this, with that. Sorry. Which, I'd which agree point? with that, but TV always rules. Uh, yeah. But host nation not kicking off the tournament. I think personally the host nation should always kick off the tournament. They've yeah. been given that privilege or that right to do so, so to, to host it. So why not kick the tournament off? But TV rules football at the moment, and if the broadcasting partners decided that they wanted a bigger drawing game to kick it off, then that's what's going to um, take precedent, I guess. Scotland kicked off the 98 World Cup. Is that the first game? Yep. I thought France were the first game. What do we know? Well, anyway, as Tom says, I think it's a, a pretty decent game to begin with. I think that, yeah, fairly decent team. So the first game is Senegal versus the Netherlands. Uh, interesting matchup, I think. Don't know yeah. what you guys think. I mean, Senegal just the African champions there, weren't they? And um, obviously, Holland are one of the powerhouses of world football, or have been historically, um, and always a team that everyone loves to watch play. Distinctive orange kit. Yeah, I think it goes back to potentially being Senegal being the uh, African champions resonates that that part of the world. And Holland being uh, a TV draw, yeah. People, yeah. yeah Holland as as a brand is well known. These Tom said distinctive orange kit. Uh, so yeah, I think that kind of works quite well for the for the opening game. You've got something to pique the audience from that side, and something to pique the European audience. So, yeah, kind of, probably kind of win win all the way around. Holland will have something to prove, I imagine. Holland have always got something to prove. They're the they're the perennial uh, underachievers, more so than I would say England are. They've never won the World Cup, so right. yeah, I'd agree with that. I meant they haven't qualified for tournaments regularly. Yeah, they, didn't, they weren't at the last World Cup. No, and that again was the point I was, was also going to add into that. You know, they haven't qualified for the last couple of tournaments. The tournaments that they did qualify, they didn't do particularly well. And they're always tipped to go far because they've got household names. And they but, never really do. Yeah, do they have household names at the moment, though? Van Dyke. I mean, other than Van Dyke, who else? I mean, you're not going to win a tournament with a defender, no offence. 
biggest attacking threat now is probably Memphis Depay. Oh, yeah. Barcelona um, legend, Memphis Depay. They've already set the world light. Yeah, but they've got, you know, De Jong and De Bake and uh, things like that. They're not, they're not a poor team by any stretch of the imagination. No, I'm not saying that, but I wouldn't say that they're as strong as they have been over the past 10, 20 years, oh, you know. Not bad. They don't really have you look any. Across the, you, you look across the board, there's not many nations now with what I would class as real big household names probably outside of their bubble. I don't know. They're, I still think that there are some massive stars in some teams and not just necessarily world stars, but players that are probably on the top of their game at the moment as well. You talk about Senegal, for instance, you've got Mane. He's pretty much at the peak of his powers right now, right? Yeah, but I was so like when we were go, you know, for how long we were growing up watching football, you could name two or three superstars in just about every nation. And the point you were making there about Holland, mm-hmm. who've they got? And you're, you know, you're talking about their the most well-known player as a defender. You're talking one. You you walk through the Germany team. You walk through Italy. You walk through Spain. It's not the same as it was. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that definitely. That's um, that's probably a situation that a lot of countries, a lot of nations find themselves in at the moment, isn't it? So, you know, yeah, the Netherlands aren't alone in that fact. But the no. the the simple fact is, is that I think historically, the Netherlands has always been Europe's Brazil, pretty much, haven't they? They've always had, you know, classy, talented players, and I just don't see that in their team right now. No. I'd, I'd agree with that 100%. Okay, so that being said, gentlemen, what's your predictions for a score? I'm going to say 1-1. This is a pretty tough one to call, isn't it? Um, I'd lead into a draw as well, but I'll go for 2-2. I'm going to go 2-0 Senegal. Hmm. Oh, okay. So do your money? I'd want to put big odds on that. <laughs> <laughs> I... Haven't gone in order of kickoff because I really couldn't be bothered doing that, to be honest yeah. with you. So we're just going to go to the next Group A game, uh, which is the host Qatar versus Ecuador. Ecuador. Someone had to do it, right? So someone was. Yeah, tell me, tell me your your thoughts on on these two teams, please, gentlemen. I obviously am a big fan of both of these. Uh, I have a lot of knowledge on both of them. I will say, obviously, Qatar, this is the first ever World Cup. They're an unknown package, I think. It surprised some people. Isn't that a cliche? They're an unknown quantity. They are, this is the first ever World Cup. How much do you know about Qatar? As a- I know. The question will be whether they ride that host nation wave that always tends to happen, what that does for them. Because we've, we've seen it before, especially with like Japan and South Korea, that kind of host nation feel-good wave. Can, t- can carry a team quite deep into a tournament. So, Richard, how hot does it get in Saudi Arabia, that part of the world, in November? At that time of year, you're looking probably about summer temperatures here. So you're looking high 20s, low 30s, mid 30s kind of thing. So I wouldn't think a team like Ecuador is going to be affected. Not by the heat, no. Um, the, the only thing is, is that the humidity is going to be different, isn't it? So they're coming from a very humid climate. This is a very dry kind of heat. Which, from experience, having been in San Antonio, is massively different. Yeah, they're, they're very different things, humid, 
temperatures and 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 um, dry temperatures. It's a very different kind of beast altogether. Having said that, it's not going to be crazy hot. I mean, if they did it in the summer, then you're looking over fifty easy. You know, haven't they still put air conditioning pods into the stadiums? They've put them in the fan areas. I don't necessarily know if they've done it in the players' areas. I I imagine most dressing rooms have. Yeah, most stadiums, especially if you've built all of them new, they're going to have air conditioning for the players, aren't they? Have they got the water breaks as well? I can't remember. I'm 25 minutes and 65 minutes, I think. I'm guessing over a certain temperature. Yes, they will, because that's what they did at the Euros as well. Once it gets over a certain temperature, they have to have a water break, yeah. Yeah, they did it in the Premier League, didn't they, as part of Project Restart as well. You had tactical water breaks. Yeah, I mean, the temperature is not ridiculous at that time of the year, but it is going to obviously affect um, people from more humid climates, I imagine. So, Yeah, I'm going to go for Ecuador on this one, 2-0. I hadn't got to that point yet, but cool. Thank you. <laughs> to add anything else? I don't know if anyone else wanted to add anything. <laughs> the only thing I would say is that obviously um, Qatari club football has obviously been going through a bit of a, uh, um, a growing and renaissance period over the past, um, what, 15 years or so, hasn't it? I mean, Davi is in charge of a team out there. I think he's invested in the league as well. Some other Barcelona players that he used to play with have also invested well, with clubs there as he well. He was there. He's now back at Barcelona. He was there. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I think he's still there financially, though. I'm pretty sure he's a board member of the club that he moved to. So, Yeah, non-executive director or something. But do you think that that growth in the football there is directly linked to them hosting the World Cup? Yes. Speaking of someone who knows people who who work within the Qatari Federation as well. There's been a lot of investment over because of the World Cup. So, and Do you think that will then continue after the World Cup? Just playing devil's advocate, because obviously they want to put on a good showing for this World Cup because, you know, massive audience, things like that. They're under the kind of spotlight for everything, uh, including, you know, the controversies around the stadium building and stuff like that. But do you think this level of investment will then continue when everybody's gone? This level, no, because it's not a big enough country warrants seven or eight world class stadiums. You know, there's 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 one city basically in the entire country, and national team is not going to need. I mean, I'm assuming that the national team will tour after that, I guess, around the country. But then, aren't all the stadiums like twenty minutes apart from each other? Pretty much, because there's only one city. That's the thing. If you're yeah. if you're now building a massive, huge, world-class stadium that's, like, in, in the middle of, like, a village with, like, you know, 2,000 people at most. What's the point? So they all, they're all built around the city of Doha, basically. So, so that's why there won't really be any need for this much investment going forward. There's not going to be any need for that much. Having said that, look, at Sa- look what Saudi Arabia are doing at the moment. Are not going to want to be left behind by Saudi Arabia. They're going to want to compete to get big international events and stuff like that. I'm guessing that there will be some level of investment, but to the extent that we're seeing now, I doubt it. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, 1-0 to Qatar. I'm going to say 1-1. Okay, so a full spread there. I will will be making note of all of these scores over the um, 
over this period, by the way, so that we can A, revisit it, but also um, I need to keep track of it because I need to see who you think is going to qualify for the next rounds like that as well. Yeah. So that being said, on to Group B, England versus Iran. What do we make of this, gentlemen? It's coming home, mate. That's all I can add to that. It's coming home. I mean, never in doubt. Now, me and Phelan, I think, share a bit of a similar uh, outlook on this, don't we? Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. If you go by paper, England should absolutely wipe the floor with Iran. But you've, as we've seen, and knowing England the way that we do, we have the ability to botch this spectacularly. I think we've both used the term today as well, is that um, we missed our time. Yeah. I, I feel term. like our time has passed us. So like every like there's there's just time windows for certain um, clubs teams. So you know that was your opportunity to win something, and I just feel like 2018, the 2020 Euros was that England's opportunity because a lot of those more established, well not more established, bigger nations, the Germany's, Brazil's, Argentina's, France, they're not going to do as poorly as they did in previous tournaments. Um, and we have to take, and we didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, we'll probably beat Iran on the day. It probably won't be anything pretty to watch. But for people that are saying that it's going to suit our players more because it's it's at the height, it's in the mid season rather than the end of the season, it doesn't make a difference. It's still going to be hot. Collectively, yeah, because it'll be hot, and that's just it's just another excuse that will get used later on. Oh, it was it was too hot for the players. You know, you just look at our nation league campaign. We're too tired. Well, sorry, we played Hungary and we played Germany. We played Italy with players in the Premier League. Their leagues all finished at roughly the same time, and they're not producing the kind of results that we did. They were winning games. Germany was wiping the floor with just everybody. We'll beat Iran on the day. It'll probably be two nil. It probably won't be particularly pretty to watch. Um, but yeah, that's my rant over, I guess. <laughs> I mean, we've been to tournaments before and not beaten teams we should have. Algeria. Tunisia from 98. Uh, yeah. Um, obviously North quite, America obviously in 2010. Iceland. <laughs> yeah. I was literally I just about to say, for me, this has Iceland written all over it. I think the individual quality on the day will probably see us through rather than like a resounding team performance. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure uh, Frank Lampard thought the exact same thing against the USA. Yeah, I'm going to go for a boring 1-0 to England. Struggle because of the heat. I think the climate suits Iran a lot more than it does us. I'm going to go for 1-0 Iran. <gasps> Traitor! Okay. You make of it then, feeling? I, I'd said a rather dull, drab 2-0 to England, but it won't be pretty to watch by any stretch of the imagination. Did you give a score? 1-0 England. 1-0 yeah, England, top. yeah. I couldn't remember. It, it felt like uh, not everyone had given a score. <laughs> But that's fair enough. I, I still think there's enough quality in the team to win this game. Yeah, there, there should be. But whether there is or not, I'm not sure. I, I think that the, the situation that happened in the Nations League, I don't think it's the best preparation. I think it's a precursor of what's to come later on. I really do. I think we've been found out by the teams around us in the sense of, we particularly we play one way there isn't much of a plan b and we don't have the ability to fit square pegs in round holes to fill 
gap. I'm still quietly confident. I mean, we did a lot of tinkering in the Nations League. I think we put our first 11 out. What's our first 11? The one that I was about to say that. We had a Euros pretty much. Go turn around and say, oh, never stay all line up for that one either. You know, the most of the players will start. Probably, but you've got to take into account that, right, yeah, it's mid-season, which may suit the fitness of the players. They're not going to be tired at the end of it, but that there's still the susceptibility to injuries, which is higher in mid-season than it is generally towards the end of the season. For, um, for collectively, as a, as, as a squad of players, because there's Harry more Kane. games in a shorter... Yeah, there's more games in a shorter uh, period of time to fit this World Cup in. Um, which, with the intensity of the Premier League, is likely to lead to potentially more injuries and in actually taking players like we always do to every single tournament that shorten fitness and game time. And that's only going to be exacerbated because it's mid-season rather than the end of the season. All I would say with regards to that, though, is that you're not the only country that has people playing in Premier League. I know, but we don't seem to handle it very well ever, whereas other countries do. I don't really think that that's a player issue. Everyone always says this. Like, um, no, I mean collectively as a team, we can't we can't grind results out. That I agree. We've with, never yeah. been we've never been able to uh, win when we're not playing well, not not consistently, and that's the difference between teams that win tournaments and win leagues than teams that don't. The ability to nick a game one nil when you've played poorly. We just don't have it. Well, we're going to nick this yeah, game one nil, so don't worry about it. When, it. when it comes to the crunch, we end up drawing the game and then losing on penalties. And when you get to like the business end of a tournament. And that's when I say that we don't deal with the situations like we were just talking about in terms of injuries or loss of form or the fitness at the end. Well, damning indictment from feeling there. It, damning indictment? You're the one who said one nil Iran. Yeah, but that's just because that's an England result, isn't it? I mean, I still think we'll get out of the group, but... Oh, really? If we can't beat Iran? Yeah, but it's, <laughs> we always struggle on the on the first game, don't we? I mean, 96 couldn't beat Switzerland, didn't beat Tunisia in 98. We struggle with first games and games in groups and things like that, you know? We're a Bit of a late blooming team when we when we tend to show up, aren't we? So, what is it that famous saying? It's not how you start a tournament; it's how you finish it. Anyway, moving on, gentlemen. The other game in Group B: USA versus Wales. I believe this is a World Cup fixture. It's it's nice to see Wales make it to a tournament. When was the last time they qualified? Fifty-eight. Way before any of us were even born. Yeah. Or well, our parents were born, for that matter. Oh, my mum was born in fifty-seven. So. I, I hate to be a broken record here, but I'm going to keep going on banging on about the weather in every game. How it's going to affect each team. I mean, the USA have places that they can train, simulate that kind of environment. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I think USA, well, I think both of these teams are going to want to make an impact, especially USA didn't qualify for the last World Cup. And obviously and Wales. They're hosting is, the next one. Exactly, yeah. And Wales, obviously. First World Cup since 1958. So they're both going to probably try and get off to a hot start, right? I think the question will be with certainly with Wales will be the fitness of that two or three world class players that they've got in their team. 
what you know Bale is going to the MLS, but the MLS season by the time the World Cup rolls round will be pretty much finished at that point. They'll be going into their playoffs. Um, so there's not that much opportunity for Bale to get a lot of game time. Ramsey's about to be uh, released by Juventus. They're paying four million pounds just to get him off their books. Um, so it depends on where he catches on with a club and what his fitness will be like. Uh, Wayne Hennessy, how many games is he going to play between now and tournament if he remains number one? I think what's work, what's going to work well for Wales is the fact that Robert Page is now confirmed as the full-time manager. He's not just keeping the seat warm. So he can now fully invest into that with the players. Um, and uh, and that's how I think it's just going to be dependent on that. US have got quality. They're a bit of a dark horse, I think, personally. To go deep in the tournament, and I see America uh, drawing this nil nil or one one. Um, I haven't asked okay. for the results yet. <laughs> um, is that always... <laughs> well, I kind of felt like I had to finish the monologue with a prediction at the end of it. Going to come back to you again, you know that, right? Uh, yeah, because you got memory like a goldfish. Is it wise for Gareth Bale to go and play in a country that he's playing against in this World Cup, where they can scout him every week? It's better not playing at I all. I do. I would say, given the state of football these days, that even if he was playing in outer Mongolia, they could probably scout him every week, <laughs> couldn't they? I mean, I don't, I don't really see that being a big deal. He's not going to play every week anyway. It's going to be in a golf course. Exactly. So, That's yeah. what he's going there for, isn't it? Yeah. Great golf course. <clears throat> I think. Yeah, it's I don't. Be, I don't think that makes a difference. I think it's going to be more of a situation where you have this world-class quality player that's now going to be going and playing in a weaker league that's probably going to weaken his abilities. I mean, it was either that or Cardiff. I don't, I don't buy that so much because he doesn't seem, not playing at all for Real Madrid doesn't really seem to have weakened his abilities. Yeah, true. Uh, I think there is a lot to be said for match practice, no matter what kind of level. Um, and it's, and it's still going to be America. It's still it's still it's still football. Uh, it's not not Premier League or even Championship, but it's still a level of football and it's still match fitness. Again, this is a very tough one to predict. Tough. I think we're all missing the most important question. Anyway, is that now that Bale isn't in Spain, is he going to cut his hair? <laughs> That's the important question, is it? Okay, Tom, how do you see this game going? I go one-one, sitting on the fence here. Uh, feeling, how do you see this game going? Some form of draw. Yeah, I, I, I'm finding this one hard. I think that they're all in all very similar teams, kind of a similar level and a similar quality. Maybe one or two decent players in the squad. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Wales have got a number of it with Bale. Ramsey, but as you said, it's how much are they going to play? Are they going to fit? That's going to be the main issue. And but Ben Davis in that group? I mean, he's getting better, yeah. But I mean, so it'll be to see whether what he does next season. Because I have a feeling that Sanchez is is the the guy that Conte doesn't want in that defense. Then after that, you're going to look and you, it's going to be Davies, isn't? It? I'm going to go for. Go for a nil-nil draw. Everyone sit on the fence on this one. 
one is, seems a little bit it's difficult. It's just a really difficult game to call. Yeah, it's not a very pretty game to call, I don't think. But anyway, moving on to the second day of the tournament. We start with Group C and Argentina versus Saudi Arabia. Um, well, the weather's going to suit Saudi Arabia. Um, no. Uh, well, yes, it will, but I um, can't see anything other than an Argentina comprehensive win here. I think it's very difficult to look beyond that, isn't it? Yeah. 4-0. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm always reluctant to give big scores because, I don't know, there's something in my head that's like, they're not really... I would like to point out that Saudi Arabia lost the opening game of the last World Cup. 5-0. Yeah, it's kind of hard to look. Plus, they're playing the Copa America champions here. Um, Yeah, I can't see anything else other than a big Argentinian win. It's going to be 4 or 5. Well, I mean, this is also going to be Messi's last chance, basically, isn't it? You know, it's now or never pretty much for him, isn't it? So, yeah, I do feel he needs to show it on a world stage, which he hasn't really done in any tournament that he's played in. I mean, he's he's now proven me wrong in the fact that he's won an international competition. So that's that's might relieve some of the pressure from him as well, I guess. Of course, he's proved you wrong. Well, my, my argument was always, everyone's always saying he's the best in the world, but my argument was always it was Ronaldo because Ronaldo's done something on the international scene. You know, yeah. until you win an international trophy, can you really claim that you're the best in the world? You might be unlucky enough to play for a bad team, I guess, but that Argentina team has never been a bad team. And if he couldn't win in that, and Ronaldo could with Nani playing with him then ouch burn hey we're all thinking it I'm just the one brave enough to say it no 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 um yeah you'd think that this has to be it now for him isn't it he's not going to have another world cup is he so no probably not I think he's only got one year one or two years left in him full stop especially at an international level I mean Saudi Arabia definitely aren't going to beat Argentina despite the conditions being perfect for them I just don't uh, the quality. Okay, so what are you saying, Tom? 4 0. What are you saying, Bailey? Yeah, four or five. Oh, uh, you got to pick one. <laughs> I'm going to say five to be different from Tom. I don't okay. want to be accused of copying or plagiarizing. That's fine. It's just I need a specific example because it might come down to goal difference. And if you're saying four or five, I can't do that, can I? So, um, you can if it's five. I, I take the five. If it was four, I take the four. It's, that's yeah, not it's how four. it works. <laughs> yes, it is. Betting on a horse and saying, "Well, I mean, if he did come first, and one of them did, so you might as well say my one came first. <laughs> they they lost five nil at the, the opening game of the loss of Russia, six nil or six nil. I'm going to say six nil. Hey, that takes us on to the other game in Group C, which is Mexico v Poland. I don't know. This is like it might be quite dull. I have a lot of interest in this game, to be honest. I mean, Lewandowski, you think he's got to try and make an impact at World Cup? Probably. Might, again, might be his last chance to do so. Probably his last chance, yeah. But I don't know. I just look at this game, and I don't know why, but I just look at it, and I think it might be a decent game. I don't know why. Just they're something two, inside me. There are two teams that have the ability to upset the odds on their day. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm with you that this could be a... Uh, Barn burner of a game. Something deep inside me that says <laughs> that this is going to be a, yeah, it could be a decent game. Maybe. I'm going to go for 3 2 Poland. 
three to Poland. Oh, my score. That what you were going to say as well. I was, yeah. That's what I was going for. Oh, I'm going to say Poland, really... right to be the to be the kicker. Then I'm going to say Poland are going to score a 90th minute winner. I never said it was going three to Poland. Oh, you, you talk about each other. Right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Poland are going to score a 90th minute winner. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever been impressed by Poland in any tournament. Good change here. You never know. Um, two. One to Mexico. The conditions will the suit them. Tom's reasoning for any any decision he ma- any score that he gives, it'll uh, it's all the come down to the, the team. Now. Yeah, Lewandowski will score, but they'll lose. <laughs> you you couldn't be a more British person if you tried there, Tom, could you? <laughs> Everything's going to come down oh, to the weather. Yep. Yeah. Um, right, and then we move on to Group D. Uh, with Denmark versus Tunisia. Absolute banger. <laughs> so, if you talk about a dark horse for this World Cup, I think you have to mention... Tunisia. No. <laughs> De- <laughs> Denmark. Riding a bit of a wave of momentum since the Euros. I think that that momentum came because of one game. But, and yeah, one event one. that happened in that one game. That event is long gone now. Yeah, but their qualification was pretty good as well, right? So they were the first or second European team to qualify. So they had a pretty decent qualification. So I don't know. I reckon they're going to continue on the momentum here and win this game. Do they pick Christian Eriksen? Yeah, they're going to pick him. I'm assuming he's allowed to play. He's played for Denmark before, wasn't he? uh, Yeah, but I don't know if that country allows... I mean, I'm guessing they're going to want all the biggest and brightest players there. So I doubt that they're going to make a situation where one of the talents in Europe can't play. Oh, no. Yeah, they got to the semi-finals. But if he doesn't, yeah, but I I kind of agree with Rich, and if Christian Eriksen doesn't go, their team is a hell of a lot worse without him. As I said, they got to the semi-finals of the Euros without him. Yeah, but they were riding a bit of a wave, weren't they? That was an emotional performance in pretty much every game the whole world I think was willing they were the, the whole world's second team at that point pretty much weren't they so yep um, until England ruined it yeah well the British Isles have a habit of doing that at the moment so we ruined it for Denmark Wales ruined it for Ukraine we're not very <laughs> nice are we <laughs> hey we, we gave yep. Ukraine the um, the Eurovision yeah which apparently they're not allowed to host now <laughs> But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, I don't... We, we, gave them, we gave them Scotland. What more do they want? <laughs> I, um, yeah, I, I don't see Denmark being anything special. No. And I actually, personally, don't think that... Don't say you think going to win. Don't think they're get out of the group. No. Really? Yeah. Very weak-looking group. The Burial of Denmark by Richard. I just, if you ask me... I mean, you might be right, they might not. I, I just I, I I see Tunisia and Australia getting through. What? Yeah, and Denmark and France to go home. You're joking now, right? Yeah, no, I'm joking. But I, I, I do honestly think it'll be France and Australia that get through. Okay, I just don't see enough quality in those two teams, but you, you never know. I only see one bit of quality in the Denmark team. Two if you count the goalkeeper. Yeah, I just I just don't see I mean, we were talking about how one man can carry an entire team. I think that they'll win this game, but I don't think it's going to be convincing. Yeah, 2-0, I reckon. I'd probably agree, 2-0. Yeah, I would 
Bay. I think that's the first thing we've actually agreed on all, all podcasts so far. Uh, France versus Australia. This is a rematch from the which, last World Cup. And which French team's going to show up? Marseille. <laughs> Not all the all. Yeah, this is the thing with France, is that they're either, you know, absolutely on, on it, and they're on fire, and they take the whole tournament by the scruff of the neck, or they have this massive infighting in their camp. Everyone hates everyone else. They all don't bother showing up to training, and then they go home in the group stage. I mean... They were the first World Cup winners to not get out of the group stage, weren't they? Would they? I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. 2002, wasn't it? Yeah. I think they didn't. didn't even score a goal. So what are we thinking? What France do we think of? I think they're too strong for Australia, to be honest. Are you one? Now you see, while well, you've got Denmark to not qualify from the group, I reckon France won't qualify from the group. I don't think this, this group is strong enough. What are you talking about? This is the group of death. <laughs> it really is not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, or if, yeah. if they make it out, it'll be a real struggle. They could end up drawing all three games and maybe going through on goal scored or something silly like that. Is Benzema back in the French team yep. now? Attacking line of Benzema and Mbappe. Yeah, but I think that they were better with Giroud. Well, they won the World Cup with yeah. Mbappe and Griezmann. But I still think they'll have enough for Australia. Yeah, but we're, we're talking about in general as well at the moment. Right, okay. Because... <laughs> We've still got loads of world-class players, man. I just don't... don't Yeah, but this is what we were saying. It all depends on which France turn up, isn't it? It's it's that adage of individuals versus a team, isn't it? And France is still the quintessential team (laughs) of individuals. I I don't know, man. I think Pogba's pretty decent when he... For France, usually, yeah. 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 I I think that this is a case of, is it going to be the, ah, mon ami, j'adore... Uh, you know, or is it going to be ah, enculé patate up to France? You know, are they all going to get on and be happy and lovely, or is someone going to be like you slept with my wife and like then <laughs> then they hate each other? That's the that's the real question. So you need to decide right now which France you think is going to turn up. The France that is good enough to get out of this group. Okay. <laughs> so what's your score then? Three one to France. Feeling which France do you think are going to show up first and foremost? 1-0 to Australia. Oh, He thinks bad France. Um, I'm going to say 3-0 France. I think good France are going to show up to this tournament. But the weather does suit Australia more. <laughs> yep, that's our weather line. Although the weather suited Tunisia more and we didn't pick them. That's because they've never impressed me in any tournament they've ever been in. Although they did pretty decently against England in the last World Cup. That's not a measuring stick. Most teams tend to do well against England in the no, World Cup. the last World Cup, though, we were pretty decent at the last World Cup. Couldn't score, but, you know, yeah. we were pretty decent. Scored, but we scored six against Panama. The only game we, we lost scored the most number of games. goal in. We actually lost the most games of any team in the tournament by the time we <laughs> lost the third place playoff. Yeah, it's genuine stat. We lost. Crazy. And we still finished fourth. <laughs> Good stat. Thank you. Uh, okay, moving on to day three and into Group F, uh, where the first game is Morocco versus Croatia. Who wants to start me on this one? Wow. <laughs> yeah, there's not much really to say. Is it Croatia tend are a bit of a tournament team? I think they'll win the game. Um, it's I kind mean, of a swan song for a couple of their players. Modric, considering that they lost the last World Cup final as well, you think that. Yeah. Want to do something, right? Especially with Modric. 
Um, he's and they definitely... tend to do well in tournaments. You're the expert on Moroccan football, right? Not for a long time, I haven't been. Uh, yeah, I mean, the last time I, well, I lived there in 2012, so it's 10 years ago, so 10 years of football, Schmack. and Shamak was still a big deal, yeah, so um, I don't really know much about the Moroccan team at the moment. Hakimi's pretty good, right back. Um, is Adel Tarap still playing for them? He's still playing, he's still playing for... Benfica or something like that. Yeah, other than that, I don't really know a lot. Um, I think Croatia have just—they have enough. They've got enough. They've got enough. Yeah, I think they'll have too players. much for Morocco, personally. But I think the only team that are going to give them any kind of trouble in this group will be Belgium, really, wouldn't it? I think that Canada is going to give them a lot of trouble, dude. But they're, they're a surprise package. They've got decent players. You'd have to think that USA are better than Canada, though, right? I don't know. Canada finished above them in the qualifying. I don't know. I still think that USA would be the better. I mean, Mexico are probably the best North American team, but say the USA would be better than Canada, right? Anyway, we'll get to that game in a minute. This game, you got any thoughts on this game, Feeling? Um, not outside what I've already kind of said. I think it's just going to finish 2-0 to Croatia. They're a tournament team. It's their kind of swan song for this group of players. Um, uh, yeah, 2-0 to Croatia. Tom? I'll go 2-1 to Croatia. Um, I'm going to go 3-0, Croatia. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think that they'll have enough. I'll be welcome back in Morocco, mate. I'm already not, so. <laughs> I, I slagged off Marouane Shamat. Next game, Belgium versus Canada. You already know my thoughts on this. Really? Yeah, I, I already just said that I think Canada is, well, Costa Rica come under North America or Central? Or but they're in, they're in the North America Central. Qualifiers, so they're in the same qualifiers. Yeah. You say Costa Rica are the worst North American team, probably. Okay. Although they've qualified for more tournaments than Canada have, haven't they? So, yeah, but out of this, bunch, I feel like Tom's got like a soft spot for Canada. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I reckon there could be a surprise package in this tournament. Costa Rica were the last team to qualify for the tournament, so they're probably the worst out of the North American teams. Yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, didn't Costa Rica go on like a tear and win like uh, seven out of their next? Didn't they lose a load of their first lot of qualifying games at like seven points and then went on an absolute tear to make the qualifying group? I mean, historically, I would say that Costa Rica are better than Canada, right? Well, yeah. All of these teams are well, historically better than Canada. But it's about the here and the now. Qatar historically better than Canada? Uh, apart from them. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's about the here and now. 1-1. One, one. Ooh. Take him out, knock out. Okay, this, just before we get your scores feeling, let's talk about Belgium a little bit quickly. Uh, I think they're another team that suffers with the their time has come and gone syndrome. Oh, massively. And they've still got De Bruyne at the peak of his powers, right? Apart from that, Barco has dipped off but- unless he can refine his form. He's had a bad season, isn't he? So he's not going to be... Go- I mean, depending on how he hits the ground again back in Italy, you'd be like, well... Has that affected his confidence, or do you think he'll be okay again by the time we get to that point? Possibly. I'm not sure. Eden Hazard seems like a lost cause at this point. I mean, Real Madrid still seem to fancy him, though, don't they? I mean, they renewed his contract, didn't they? So I ain't know. I think they're still talking about injury problems, though, aren't they? Like, but Courtois just won the Champions League, so... I don't know. They, they just still strike me as a team that their, their time has gone. They needed to strike. Yeah, possibly. Like... The last 
three or four tournaments was probably when they needed to make something happen, going back to Euro 16. Honestly, if they got anyone good defensively now. Well, yeah, Vertonghen and Alderweireld are basically... Yeah, but they're basically done now, aren't they? I mean, they're not playing at really high-quality level football, are they? So, Belgium are a lot like France. It depends on kind of which team turns up. It just sometimes feel like if they're underestimating their opposition and they think they'll steamroll them, they tend to lose. I um, and they only really tend to raise their games for the bigger teams, and by that point, it's normally too late. I do yeah. agree with their time has passed. 14, 16, 18, that was their window um, to go and really win something with the players that they've got. I do think they'll beat Canada. I do think they'll get out of the group. Oh, but they'll they won't beat do much Canada outside of that. And they'll get out of the group, I'm sure, yeah. But I don't think... Oh, no. They won't, they won't go any further than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the argument of depends which Belgium turn up because they've never really impressed me at a tournament. I mean, I don't think I've ever looked at the Belgium team at a tournament and thought, they can win this. I've, I've looked at it going into the tournament, but as soon as the tournament gets underway, they just look naff and just a team full of names that should be doing better they're, than they actually are. Maybe the last one. They're the European equivalent of England. You mean a team that's in Europe? <laughs> The rest of Europe equivalent of an Eng- of it, of continental what, how we rate Europe. England. Yeah, I, I think that. Yeah, I, I definitely think that there are a, a situation of their time has come and gone. The last World Cup might be the best chance. The, the last one. Yeah, the last one. So they outplayed France in the same final. They Croatia in the final. Yeah, I mean it could have been. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean they'll they'll win this game, but I, I don't see them doing anything special in the tournament. Okay, so feeling. What do you make of this then? Four nil Belgium. 4-0? I just wanted to see Tom's face. <laughs> Tom? Uh, I've gone one one, haven't I? Uh, I'm going to go 3-0 Belgium. All right, okay. Moving on to Group E, and we start with Germany versus Japan. Nihon. Deutschland versus Nihon. Yeah, good thing that the microphone didn't pick you up there. <laughs> Called me a douchebag. Okay, well, that's allegedly. Okay. So what do we make of this, guys? Um, I'm going to be honest and say I don't know a lot about Japan. Yeah, I think Germany were a big disappointment in the last World Cup, so they want to want to try and make amends for that. Three uh, 0 And you can never really write off Germany okay. going into a, uh, Germany at a World Cup, can you? Really? Oh, cliche! Pulling out the cliches. I mean, it's cliche, but he's right. You never write off the Germans. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would say you know Japan are probably the best team in Asia. But Germany, Japan to get out of their group, I think, personally. Ooh, okay. What's that? The Germany, Japan to get out of the group. In, oh, okay. Spain, um, he's knocking out. I'm not sure about that. Bold prediction. I caught everybody off guard with my big prediction. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd say Germany did pretty well at the last tournament, didn't they? What? What? What's at the group no, stage? they really did. They, got, they didn't make past the group stage. The Euros. Oh, the Euros, they, yeah, they, they got, they got locked up by England, second round. Yeah, but they, they seemed okay up until that point. Did they? Well, bearing in mind that we were, you know, that was a tournament that we probably should have won. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they did too bad. I mean, we were watching the game, and we both looked yeah, at it. They had their chances. crying. We both said, don't worry, they'll probably go and win the next World Cup, won't they? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I don't remember that. But yeah, they've it. got they've got new manager. They've got new. Uh, they're blooding in their younger group of players, and I just think the new ideas has really re- rejuvenated that German team. You got. I know the Nations League isn't exactly a massive barometer, but they were all over England before the penalty. They had put five past Italy. Um, they look very good, and you, I just can't write them off. As much as it pains me to say that. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think that Germany looked pretty decent. I think that they looked okay at the last tournament. They looked really good in the Nations League so far. I, um, yeah, I think that they might be heading back towards super sexy fun time Germany. Possibly, yeah. My one concern would be, um, do they have someone who can put the ball in the net consistently in this tournament? Because Timo Werner's not been doing it for Chelsea. Timo Werner's not a goal scorer. I have it. He's been pretty decent. Yeah, I mean, is Muller going to go to this tournament again? Well, I mean, Muller's hit Muller well. again in, in the Bundesliga, hasn't he? He seems to be having a little bit of a renaissance in, in his later years in, in the Bundesliga again. So if he goes to the tournament, then that's an option they have, I think. And the other thing you've got to remember is the manager of Germany now was the manager of Bayern Munich and is, he plays a very similar style to how he mm-hmm. played at Bayern Munich and a number of those German players have played on him. So the transition is easier. It's something that they know. It's something that they trust. And that familiarity really helps going into the tournament. It's not like they're chopping and changing lots of players or trying new systems. They're pretty much now set. And I think that works to their advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what do we think about scores? Um, I would one, say... One. Oh, Ooh, 1 1. I'm going to go 3 0 Germany. I'm going to go 2 0 Germany. I, I still think Japan are a decent team. I think probably the best team in Asia. So I think, I think that they'll be all right. I don't agree that they'll probably get out of the group, but I don't think it will be close between them and Spain, I think. Which brings us to our next game uh, Spain versus Costa Rica. Battle of the Latinos. Indeed, yes. Only see this going one, one, one way again. Um, Costa Rica six 0 Well, obviously, uh, duh. But again, I think uh, you know they get they'll get out of this group and stuff. But I, I don't see Spain doing anything particularly special. I mean, I just they've had their moment in the sun and they're in a big rebuilding phase at the moment. No one setting the world alight who's. Spanish at the moment, is there? You know, it's not like they've got the team that they once had. Mm, yeah, not really. I'm, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think this is one tournament too early for Spain. I think just they're, re- they're rebuilding. It'll be good experience for their younger core group of players. But yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of one tournament too early for them, I think, which is why they I don't have to. Pe- I don't have them pegged to get out of the group stage at this point. I think by the time the next World Cup comes round, they'd have had this tournament, they'd have had the following Euros, and then the, the next World Cup. Um, I can see them putting in a big challenge for that. But yeah, it's, for me, it's one tournament too early. I think maybe one or two tournaments too early. I just don't think that there's anyone particularly setting the world alight that's Spanish at the moment. You know, I mean, they might prove me wrong, but I just don't. I don't see them doing anything particularly special. As I'd have really been convinced by Morata. Yeah, I mean, when that's the guy that you're relying on, yeah, it's not, doesn't bode particularly well, does it? Same problem with Germany. They don't really have anyone that could put ball in the net, do they? No, but Germany's got more options coming out of midfield. 
um, Spain, um, they just don't have people that will put that will score goals at the top level at the moment. But that's yeah. their experience and the age of their team. Uh, what do we make of Costa Rica? They got very lucky to be there to be to be at the World Cup. Is they had to go on the absolute tear to even make qualifying, to even make it to qualifying. So will that be a momentum uh, boost though? Possibly. Again, possibly, but I just think that the quality in the group will be too much for them generally across across the board. Yep, I agree with you. There's just too much talk, too much quality in the group. Okay, so let's talk scores. Um, I would 2 0 to Spain. Still my prediction. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was going to go 2 0 as well, but I will change it. You don't have to. <laughs> but we're all about the points, mate, you know? Yeah, but remember that the. Fluctuations Cumulative. might change over the course of the tournament, yeah. yeah. So just because you have 2-0 now, you might have a completely different score in the next game. You're not trying to outplay him, you're trying to outguess him. Right. Because here's the thing, guys, I'm not going to ask you who you think is going to win the tournament. Your predictions are going to tell me who you think is going to win the tournament. So I'm not going to flat out ask you, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? I want your predictions to tell me who you think is going to win the World Cup. So if you end up with a final, Canada versus Costa Rica, <laughs> then you think one of those two teams is going to win the World Cup. So there we go. I mean, you read my mind, clearly. <laughs> um, 4-1 Spain then. I'm going to go 4-0. Go They'll probably have enough to beat Costa Rica. But yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think that um, Costa Rica is the hardest of challenges for them. So... Uh, right, okay, moving into day four of the tournament. So, we start with Group G, Switzerland versus Cameroon. I can't call this game. It has the potential to be uh, a bit of an entertaining one. Oh, I completely disagree. I think this uh, is probably the game that most people are going to be like, oh, God, this is boring. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm with uh, Rich on this one. Yeah. Um, nah, I've just got... I've just got a gut feeling that I think this could be a um, high-scoring affair. I totally disagree with your gut, but fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> this is the kind of match that everyone looks forward to at the World Cup, isn't it? Yeah, the, the problem is is that Switzerland haven't got any quality going forward and Cameroon aren't good enough to in throughout the whole team to cause any problems. So it's just going to be dull, I think. They've got Granite Xhaka. Yeah, but when was the last time he played? Uh, Switzerland. It was the last time he played 90 minutes. Oh, for, he played for Arsenal consistently last season. Oh, who am I thinking? I'm thinking of Shakiri. Oh, Shakiri, yeah. <laughs> he still plays for the right. Granit Xhaka, yeah, okay, yeah. So you picked a defensive midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. That's sure he's going to score 90 minutes. a bucket load of goals. What's that goal he scored against Man United last season? How many goals did he score in total last season? No. I guarantee you had more red cards than goals. Oh, more than likely, yeah. <laughs> I'm sticking to my gut prediction that this could be a wild one. I think you're totally wrong, but yeah. <laughs> I'll have to hear your, both your predictions before I make mine then. Go on then, feeling. Uh 4-4. <laughs> you what? <laughs> okay, I, I have a feeling you might be a little bit out with that one, but okay. Hey, if I if I'm right, I'm gonna I'm gonna mock you guys completely. Mate, if you're right, I'll give you a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a um, legally binding bet right there. Yeah, it's it's out there. It's in the world. Everyone can hear it, witnessed. Um, I'm going to yeah. say nil-nil. Oh, it's a complete different opposite sides. 
spectrum there. 4-4 four, four and nil-nil. Wow. I really hope that Belian's prediction is correct and we get... You just want to see him hand over the tail. Wait, 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 wait. Are you going to go in the middle and go 2-2? Two, two? <laughs> no. <laughs> Split difference. I, I'm going to go for a boring 1-0 Switzerland win. Oh, okay. So you still got a win. So, okay. Fair enough. I, yeah, I don't see any goals in this game at all. And Phelan sees all the goals in this game. <laughs> I do. Um, I Brazil versus it. Serbia. This is a tough This one is a to tricky call. game for Brazil. Yeah, yeah Serbia. I, I looked at this and thought, ooh. Serbia are pretty good in qualifying, but they finished by Portugal to qualify. I think Serbia are a solid team as well. They're, 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 they're one of those international teams that have a club feel about them. You know, that they're, they're not. They're not amazing but they quietly and diligently go about their business and get Steady the job Eddie done you know? the yeah exactly yeah anything I would say is Serbia lost to Scotland in the Euro qualifiers didn't go to the Euros but, but that was that was three years two years three years ago so they might just be better now I don't know but I, I can see them causing Brazil some problems there yeah I can I don't think they'll beat them, but I can see them causing them issues. I think yeah, this is going to be the, definitely the the heart for me. It's the hardest game in a tournament. Before. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones that you look at it and you think this is really Brazil are going to walk all over them, but this isn't the Brazil that we grew up with. No, this is the Brazil that's. I think when your best player is Neymar, distantly got Richarlison playing up front, and you're not. You're not the Brazil of 98, 2002. I, I, yeah, I'm, it's definitely I, a difficult one. It's weird when you look at it on paper. It really shouldn't be. You look at it and you think, that's that's easy, isn't it? But So what are we thinking then, gentlemen? Feeling? Nil-nil. Okay, Tom? So you've gone from 4-4 to nil-nil. Yeah. Uh, I reckon Brazil will still just about have enough. 2-1. I'm going to say they're going to struggle. And they're going to nick something 1-0 Brazil. Which, to be fair, is an outcome I could definitely see happening as well. You nick one right at the end, last 10 minutes Maybe or something. from a but, set piece or someone makes a mistake or yeah. something. Yeah. Like they would, something like, like that. Serbia would just be defending the whole game, pretty much, just trying to catch them on the counter-attack, I imagine. And it would just get too much for them at the end. Someone will just make a mistake or something, and it would just, yeah. And that's how I see it going anyway. On to Group H. And this is a game I'm actually really excited about. I think that this could actually be another good game as well. Um, Uruguay versus South Korea. Everything the reason why? Well, you've got Son playing for South Korea, obviously. Um, he's uh, one of the best players currently in the world, I would say. He's definitely within the top 10. Disagree? It's a shout. Yeah. Can't yeah, completely disagree with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, argue that. Yeah, you argue that point then. What justification have you got for that? Come on, I'd, I'd love to He's hear. He's playing for Tottenham. Yeah, uh, get, get past your Arsenal. No, 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 no. He is uh, one of the informed players in the world. Um, and the other reason why is that South Korea are a decent Asian team. I think they're right up there with um with Japan in in terms yeah. of quality. Japan and South Korea are very technically good teams. Generally, I think that they move the ball very well. Um, 
And when you've got a player like Son who can just rip a team in half, that's always a pretty good shout. And Uruguay, I think, are one of those solid South American sides that, you know, on their day can look very exciting. Yeah. But also hard as nails kind of team oh, yeah. to, to beat and to break down. Aging players though now, really. Suarez and Cavani are getting on a bit, aren't they? Really? One of the best players they have still. I think that Suarez is still showing that he can do it, though. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure, quite sure I saw your enthusiasm. I would like to see um, how good Son is in this World Cup, though. Be interesting to see. Well, I'm going for 3-2 oh. for Korea. So, yeah, there is every potential that he could score a hat-trick. I mean, you think they're going to be playing him as their main guy, right? He's going to be the guy through the middle, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be the player that they build their team around, Ronaldo, Bale. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just think it might be a decent game. And, yeah, I've got 3-2 South Korea. 2-1 Uruguay. Feeling? Any thoughts on this matter, first of all? Or? It's going to come down to two players, isn't it? I think it's going to come down to Son and Suarez and which one generally has... Uh, a better game I'm going 3-2 but 3-2 to Uruguay I just don't necessarily think South Korea defensively will stand up to the physicality of Uruguay and I think across 90 minutes that's going to make a difference but it's definitely going to be a um, more exciting game to watch probably one of the um, better games in the tournament better than Switzerland Cameroon yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey I'm looking forward to taking your money uh, We'll see, we'll see. Uh, Okay, and then the final game um, of the first round of games, uh, Portugal versus Ghana. Yep. Um, I don't think that requires that much discussion. I don't really have much to say about this either. It's a Portugal win all day long. Ghana aren't quite the team that they used to be, are they? You know, there was a period of time where Ghana, Ivory Coast... I mean, Ghana have obviously got... One of the best players in the world in their team in uh, Thomas Party. Um, and party, and party, <laughs> and party. No, uh, no. I, <laughs> I, 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 I definitely joke. think African football is on joke. its way down. Thinking kind of momentum and I uh, think with like Ivory Coast not being as good as they were and that kind of churn of players. I think Sub-Saharan Africa has hit a bit of a block. At the moment, I mean, you'd say um, Senegal have got some decent players. Uh, but beyond that... I just feel like they've hit a bit of a ceiling and they need to, like, need a couple of players to really kind of push through that at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're, they're long gone as the, like, the Torre generation of, like, the Ivory yeah. Coast and that. But, but, yeah, I think North Africa still seems to have some quality behind it, I think. Uh, you know, Algeria have got Mares and a um, couple of other decent players uh, that can that can perform Mexi- uh, Mexico. Egypt have obviously got Salah. And qualify. No, but I'm saying the yeah, quality exactly. of the player. Right, yes. You know. But yeah, um, but you, you're saying that in terms of quality, but if you link it back to it, they didn't qualify. Yeah, but so Italy didn't qualify, so you, but you wouldn't say that Italy don't have decent players, would you? No, necessarily, but um, we expect Italy to qualify. You're yeah. looking at it, you're looking at the Egyptian team, they hadn't been the same since they lost the final, since they lost that final. 
and they never really regained that momentum. And I just feel like they've hit just across the continent, just hit a bit of a of a ceiling with the, where they're at with the quality they've got at the moment. Uh, and they need to until some real like fresh blood comes through. I just don't see them breaking through it. Um, Portugal got to be Ronaldo's last chance as well, right? Oh, he's thirty-seven. Yeah. So yeah. Unless unless Portugal pick a Ronaldo in his forties again. Well, possibly, yeah. Um, I mean, they've got enough quality within this team, other than Ronaldo, right? To go far. But I said this in the Euros, and they didn't they've really got some good young players in uh, the Portugal team, but I feel like their re- their reliance at the moment on Ronaldo will be their undoing in this tournament, and then in not for the next one, but the one after is when they'll probably come good. Just once to get the Ronaldo cycle out of the way, and they because they're going to have to learn a completely different way to play with Ronaldo. Not when he's not there, not being that focal point. So there's going to be a period of adjustment for them afterwards. I think there's going to be an issue where they, there's not that one player that they can fall back on as well. Yeah, that, it's that always like, well, we're not playing well. It's fine. Get the ball to Ronaldo. He'll do something. He'll, you know? yeah, he'll dig us out of a hole when they when they lose that ability it's going to take them that transition is going to be very painful for Portugal as a as an international team. I mean they've got Bernardo Silva and Fernandes as well. They're pretty decent players. Fernandes is not never really great for Portugal I found. He's often not even a starter is he? So he wasn't in the, the thing U- with Fernandes. No. You look at his United form before Ronaldo turned up or you look at his form after yeah. Ronaldo turned up. He lives in his shadow constantly. Very much so Maybe. Yeah, it's not maybe. like he can express himself when Ronaldo's there because it's like it's, it's, it's like a clear hierarchy. Ronaldo's number one, then yeah. Fernandez. And when Ronaldo wasn't at United, Fernandez was able to be that number one and be that playmaker and he reveled in that role. But as soon as Ronaldo's come in, he's been relegated and that carried on. That was what it was like anyway with Portugal and that's just carried on into United. So I don't see that changing either. Okay, so what do we think about scores? Portugal. Portugal. Okay, and that's all of the groups. Do we think that there is a group of death? No, not really. Maybe, no? Uh, maybe like Germany, Spain, Japan, but there's not one real standout group. I think of death looking at it, that probably looks like the toughest group. Um, but I wouldn't call it a group of death, as it were. No, there isn't like a traditional like group you look at and you go, oh, there's a th- there is a three really good teams. And if any one of them went out of this yeah. tournament, that would be a crime. I mean, I'm guessing in Japan, they'll be quite disappointed if they went out. But it's not, you know, as, as the footballing world looking in, we don't look at it and think, oh, Japan deserved to be there. So they should definitely go through, do, do we? So... Okay, quite interesting that, that yeah, we don't really have a group death, I think, in this tournament. Um, Do you think that makes it more interesting or less interesting, not having that traditional group of death? Because the group death usually adds a bit of intrigue and a bit of uh, topic of conversation. I always tend to find it's a bit of a damp squib, though. It never lives up to the hype. Yeah, like That's there'll true. always be one team in there that you're like, well, they were rubbish. They really didn't deserve to go through anyway, you know, or... Like they didn't. It's not like it tends to be. The one team tends to dominate it, and then 
sometimes yeah. it's a bit of a scrap between the next two. But there's not really a group where like they're all trading results and don't know which way it's gonna go. And all right, okay. Well, let's move on to day five. Right. Um. Let's start rattling through these a little bit because we've spoken about all the teams now. So let's just get some quick predictions for the games. So, um, Wales versus Iran. Feeling. Uh, Wales win. Two 0 Tom. Two one Wales. Uh, four nil Wales. Ooh. Uh, England versus USA. Tom. One one. Feeling. Second that one one. Two nil England. Qatar Great. versus Senegal. Feeling. Uh, Senegal one nil. Tom. Three nil Senegal. Uh, I will probably go two nil Senegal. <laughs> Netherlands versus Ecuador. Tom. Three one to Netherlands. Feeling. Three nil Holland. I'm going three nil for the Netherlands as well. So. Um, and on to day six, uh, Tunisia versus Australia. Tom. Absolute banging nil-nil. Nil-nil. Feeling? Uh, one-nil Australia. I'm also going one-nil Australia in that. France v Denmark. Feeling? One-nil to Denmark. Ooh. Tom. Two-nil France. Um, I'm going to go three-nil France. Poland versus Saudi Arabia. Tom. Mm. I'm going to go for two-one Saudi Arabia. Ooh, feeling nil nil. I'm gonna go four nil Poland. Ooh, um, Argentina <laughs> Mexico feeling. Uh, one nil to Argentina. Uh, two one Argentina. Uh, I'm gonna go for two nil. Um, and then we move into day seven of this first week, last last round of games for this week. Japan versus Costa Rica. Tom. Ooh, that's a tough one. Two two. Two one Japan. I'm going two nil Japan. Uh, Spain v Germany, feeling. Two uh, nil to Germany. Two uh, one, sorry. Two one. To one. Germany. Tom. Oh, that's a tough one to call this one. Um, uh, I don't know. One one. I'm going three nil Germany. Oh. Uh, Belgium versus Morocco, Ooh. Tom. Three uh, nil Belgium. Feeling. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Three nil. Uh, I'm going to go four nil Belgium. Uh, Croatia v Canada, feeling. Uh, one nil to Croatia. Tom. Mm. Now he's going to say Canadian win. Right? Sure, yeah. Well, he wants Canada to get Canadian. <laughs> Canadian. He wants Canada to go through. So yeah, I, I do, yeah. Um, he does, yeah. Yeah, I'll go 2 1. 2 1 Canada. Uh, I'm going to go reverse 2 1 Croatia. Pussies. <laughs> <laughs> now it is time for the closing segment of our. Uh, little podcast here the um, Hall of Fame inductees now the reason I've picked them is because we're talking we're talking internationals we're going for a bit of an international feel for this uh, for this week this podcast with the World Cups and in all likelihood um, this record is probably going to be broken within the next year I imagine so in reverence of that we are going to be talking about the two previous England goal-scoring holders. So, Sir Bobby Charlton and Wayne Rooney are your two selections. Sir Bobby Charlton, on the 9th of February 1953, Charlton was spotted playing for East Northumberland Schools by Manchester United Chief Scout Joe Armstrong. Yeah, Charlton became one of the famed Busby babes. Matt Busby set about a long-term plan of rebuilding the club after the Second World War. His first team debut came, funnily enough, against Charlton Athletic in October 1956. At the same time, he was doing his national service with the Royal Army Ordnance Corps in Shrewsbury. 
Charlton played 14 times for United in that first season, scoring twice on his debut and managing a total of 12 goals in all competitions, winning the league title that season. Charlton was an established player by the time the next season was fully underway, which saw United, as current league champions, become the first English team to compete in the European Cup. They reached quarterfinals the following season, playing Red Star Belgrade in the first leg at home. United won 2-1. The return in Yugoslavia saw Charlton score twice as United stormed 3-0 ahead, although the hosts came back to earn a 3-3 draw. However, United maintained their aggregate lead to reach the last four and were in jubilant mood as they left to catch their flight home. However, the aeroplane which took the United players and staff home from Zeeman Airport needed to stop in Munich to refuel. There were two aborted takeoffs which led to concern on board and the passengers were advised by stewardess to disembark again while a minor technical error was fixed. Payne clipped the fence at the end of the runway on its next takeoff attempt. Charlton suffered cuts to his head and severe shock. Crash claimed 23 lives. Now, I know that that wasn't necessarily about his playing career, but I thought it was um, worth doing that whole scene justice, to be honest. Charlton returned to playing in the FA Cup uh, tie against West Bromwich Albion on the 1st of March. Game was a draw and United won the replay 1-0. United would beat Leicester City 3-1 in the FA Cup final of 1963, with Charlton finally earning a Widdersburg. Charlton left Manchester United at the end of the 72-73 season, having scored 249 goals and set a club record of 758 appearances. He was called up to join the England squad for a British Home Championship game against Scotland at Hampden Park on the 19th of April 1958, just over two months after he had survived the Munich air disaster, scoring in his debut game. Um, in June 1963, Charlton's England goal tally was already at 30, breaking the record against Wales in October. He would continue to trade the goal-scoring record with Greaves, reaching the long-standing record of 49 in a 4-0 win over Colombia during a world uh, warm-up tour of, of, for the 1970 World Cup. Charlton's inevitable selection by Ramsey for the tournament made him the first, and still to date, only England player to feature in four World Cup squads. Made 807 club games scoring 250 goals and 106 games for England scoring 49 goals he won three league titles one FA Cup four charity shields one European Cup ten home championships one World Cup one World Cup Golden Ball two FIFA World Cup All-Star teams one Ballon d'Or one PFA Merit Award he was named in the FIFA World Cup All-Time Team named in the Football League 100 Legends list inducted into the English Football Hall of Fame, named in the FIFA 100, ranked 14th in the UEFA Golden Jubilee Poll, named in the PFA England Team of the Century from 1907 to 2007. Uh, he won one BBC Sports Personality of the Year Lifetime Achievement Award, UEFA President's Award, FIFA Player of the Century, ranked in at number 16 by FIFA votes and 10 by the IFF. HS vote. He has an OBE, a CBE, and a knighthood. And of course, his goal scoring record stood for 45 years until it was finally surpassed by our next candidate, Wayne Mark Rooney. Rooney began playing for Liverpool Schoolboys and scored 72 goals in one season, a record which stood until May 2010. At age nine, Rooney played for Copplehouse Boys Club in the local Walton and Kirkdale Junior League and scored 99 goals in his final season before being spotted by Everton scout Bob Pendleton. Rooney joined Everton at age nine in the 1995-96 season, scored 114 goals in 29 games for England's under-10s and 11s. And by the age of 15, he was playing for the under-19s. 
He made his full senior debut on the 17th of August in a 2-2 home draw against Tottenham Hotspur. Um, his first senior goals came on the 2nd of October when he scored twice in a 3-0 away win over Wrexham in the second round of the League Cup. On the 19th of October, five days before his 17th birthday, Rooney scored a last-minute winning goal against Arsenal, a goal that ended Arsenal's 30-match unbeaten run and also made Rooney the youngest goalscorer in Premier League. He ended his debut season with eight goals in 37 appearances. Uh, he made his United debut on the 28th of September in a 6-2 win over Fenerbahce in the UEFA Champions League, scoring a hat-trick, playing on an assist. Hat-trick and an assist on his debut in the Champions League. Just want to point that out. These goals made Rooney the youngest player to score a hat-trick in the Champions League, aged 18 years, 335 days. Rooney was United's top scorer that season with 11 goals and was credited with PFA Young Player of the Year award. He finished his Manchester United career as the all-time top scorer for the club with 253 goals, surpassing the previous record held by Bobby Charlton. Rooney became the youngest player to play for England when he earned his first cap in a friendly defeat against Australia at the bowling ground on the 12th of February 2003. 17 years old and 101 days and on the 15th of January 2021 he retired from playing after being appointed permanent manager of Derby County. He played 763 games scoring 313 goals. 120 games for England he is currently Manchester United's and England's all-time top goal scorer. Five league titles, one FA Cup, three league cups, four community shields, one Champions League, one Europa League, one FIFA Club World Cup and a UEFA Under-17 bronze medal. He has one UEFA European Under-17 Championship Golden Player, one PFA Players Player of the Year, two PFA Young Player of the Year awards, one BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year. He was inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. He's been named Premier League Player of the Season once, four England Senior Men's Player of the Year awards, one FIFA Club World Cup Golden Boot, and named MLS All-Star in 2019. So now I hand it over to you. Discuss. What do you think? Well, this is not going to be a particularly long argument. Uh, Bobby Charleston all day long. Rooney's uh, record of one goal in four World Cups just just doesn't cut it. And Bobby Charlton helped England win a World Cup. It's not really much of an argument, to be fair, as far as I'm concerned. I think the World Cup alone is probably enough to probably tip it over the balance for him but i will admit right in that report i was genuinely surprised that i forgot how good wayne rooney used to be oh yeah there's, there's no doubt in that he was an, an immensely talented um player but you can't compare a wayne rooney to a bobby charlton that just, um, they're just incomparable players. The Charlton's list of accolades, the tight, like the things that he had to overcome with United, the the, the adversity of the plane crash, um, everything like that. The it's 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 just no argument for me. So very hard to judge when um, you haven't seen Bobby Charlton play in his career. We saw Wayne Rooney from the start of his career to the end of it, didn't we? I mean, it's a very tough one. But I think you've got to give it to Bobby Charlton just because he won a World Cup with England. And Wayne Rooney flattened to deceive in major tournaments for England. Yeah, it's true that Wayne Rooney scored the majority of his goals in qualifying campaigns. Um, 
and friendly matches. Apart from that 2004 tournament. Yeah, that's it. And we were talking about earlier, you know, the reason why you had Ronaldo as one of the greatest players of all time because he'd done it on an international level. If you're going to hold those two to the same standards, then it's Charlton all day long. I I think, uh, I mean, this isn't my decision to make. This is your guys' decision. But I, I, I would be inclined to agree that decision. I think the World Cup alone probably tips the balance in his favour. I think had he not won a World Cup, then you could be looking at it differently. Because, I mean, he did break Bobby Charlton's records. I think that that was the biggest thing that surprised me, actually, is that I I genuinely forgot how good he was early on. Like, early on in his career, he was actually... I, I think we remember Wayne Rooney towards the end of his career a little bit, where he was languishing and struggling to do things. You know, like uh, at, at the tournaments, he never really showed up. I think there's kind of two points to Wayne Rooney's career. If you, well, three, if you really split it down. You've got the point where he burst onto the scene until he was like 20, 21. You then got that kind of low in the middle. And then you've got that kind of the last few years he was at United um, with the last, like, back in the Ferguson's time, the overhead kick um, against City. The, playing in a slightly deeper role, uh, being the workhorse kind of of that team, that they're the period. But you're still not going to answer Bobby Charlton for me. And the fact that, you know, Rooney did it, he, the reason why he broke Charlton's record is he played more games. So Bobby Charlton is 807 games and Wayne Rooney is 763. He played 14 more England games. But yeah, international. Um, for club football, Carlton played more. It's weird to say for a guy who finished up as May United's all-time top goal scorer and England's that he could have done more. But I still think he could have done more. A bit harsh, but so we're both you're both saying Bobby Charlton. I both say yeah, I, I'm saying Bobby Charlton. Yeah. Well, Sir Bobby Charlton, EBE, OBE. Congratulations on your greatest ever achievement: <laughs> induction into. The Sacked in the Morning Hall of Fame. I would like to thank you two for spending your time with me again and talking through this crazy world that we call football. Um, if you could just say goodbye to everyone for me, please, Tom. Bye, everyone. And Phelan. Later. Uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again soon. Take care. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. It is now.